Let's go, girls. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up with Beck and Franklin is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Why live in black and white when you can choose the brilliance of 3D and Technicolor? Each week, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin and their high-powered guests will be here to cheer you on, to share their challenges, their successes, and what they've learned along the way. It's all about women supporting women. The stories and practical tips on sex, beauty, money, and so much more are designed to help you reconnect to the powerful woman you are. Fabulous knows no limits. Now it's time for you to expand your boundaries. Here are Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Linda Franklin and we've got an outstanding guest today. We have Lessons in Joyful Living, Kimberly Rinaldi. I love reading and listening and watching to this woman because she always picks me up, puts me in a good mood and makes me laugh. And it's really hard to make me laugh. She's one of the people in the world that make me laugh the most. And now, of course, you know, she's going to have to be funny on the show as well as insightful and amazing. So <laughs> how's that for pressure? Yeah, no. you, set her, you set her up pretty good. That's for sure. <laughs> Part of me no wants pressure. to just come in and yeah, be, be all schlumpy and be all high again. <laughs> well that's like sometimes i laud linda like when we're on different shows together i'm like but linda's like my mother my sister my best friend she's my mentor she's my and i go on and on and on and on and poor linda's just sitting there going like how do i even top this like what do i even say at this point but it right? is a wonderful thing for me to have both of you on the air with me today two people i very very much enjoy and i'm so excited because i think i can be really lazy on this show and let you guys carry it <laughs> Hey, you know what? It's it's a pleasure to be here, and I love spending time with both you, Miss Sandra, and Miss Linda. I have to tell you, um, you guys, your friendship, your collaboration means so much to me in a time and a place where women really, really need each other. They do. They do. And, you know, we've talked a lot about on our sister show, Dynamic Women Talk Radio, which you can you can find at dynamicwomentalkradio.com. Um, but we do have a really good way of getting in our own way. And, Linda, you were rereading a book recently. Um, the name escapes me, but uh, what book are you rereading? I am rereading The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, and I read it, I think this might be my third time around, and every time I read it, I get more and more out of it, and this time I'm going through it with an orange highlighter, and it's like every every other sentence now is, is highlighted, and it's just, it's just so profound and it hits me just where it needs to hit me and you know i i'm, I'm going slow uh but i it's you know every once in a while i mean you, you find a book and it, and it and it speaks to you and then you forget about it but this one i can't forget about this one you know it, i leave it on my bed table and i go back to it whenever i need that okay i i need a refresher Kimberly, have you read it? No, I haven't, and I, I'm I'm writing that down. Um, Untethered soul, yes. Untethered he's, soul. Oh, he's great. He he really gets he he you know he just nails it, and um, you know, and and I knowing you, you will you will 
definitely relate to it. I mean, I know Sandra did. She needs to go reread it again, again too. And she said she would. It's 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 terrific. Um, I I'm up to chapter I think six now, and he talks about these thorns that we all have. You know, when we when externally we think of a thorn as as something we might pick up and it sticks to us and it's uncomfortable and it's prickly and it's annoying and we don't and we can't sometimes we can't get it off of our finger or wherever we. We, we have it fast enough, but in this book, it's about our inner thorns. It's about those things that we have that are always there, and, and they're very pokeable. So either, you know, we can poke at it, people can poke at it, life can poke at it, and, you know, we have two choices when we know that we have this inner thorn, um, whatever it is. It's we can choose to get rid of it once and for all, or we can adjust our whole life so that it doesn't get poked. And that's really, really hard. That takes the joy out of life. That makes life very fearful because we're always fearful our thorn is going to get poked. So he goes into the book of, you know, how we kind of get rid of that. Um, does that, does that, can you relate to that at all? Oh my word. I, it's so funny because I, this morning on Lessons in Joyful Living, I was speaking about sticking points. So thorns just so slips into that and where we get stuck with the processes, we stand inside, we look outside, we know we need to change, we know we need to make the change, we know it's going to be better. And I was telling someone this morning, I've been in this non-compliant mode. I will look you in the eye and say, absolutely, yes, I will try that. Sure, certainly. And then I go home and do nothing right now. It's hormones. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> well, but you know, I wanna I wanna chime in here because why do we we knowingly know we shouldn't be doing something? You know, like you know, we 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 or we should be doing something. Like we right. talk about these these thorns. Like mm-hmm. I know that like when I go, and this is really funny, you guys, when I go to the PTO meetings, I hate it. These are different women, but the old PTO moms used to pick on me something awful when I was divorced, give me the stink eye. I was the the butt of a lot of jokes. And so this whole big thing goes on with me. I will drive around the block. I will walk down the street. I will do anything to avoid walking into these PTO or PTA moms. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because two of the PTA moms that are, are high up in the organization now are actually friends of mine, but I don't even want to talk to them more in the, the PTO environment. And I will I will move mountains to avoid that situation, which is so stupid because I'm a grown woman and they're not even the same women. And I don't even know, like, I'm sure there's a thorn in there, but I don't even know where the thorn is or how to pull it out other than, like, I want to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's in behavioral aspect, we call it the thing is not the thing. We anchor to something that is similar. And so our response gets perpetuated. And each time we build what's called a gestalt on it, it gets bigger and bigger. It's that pearl that has the layers of nacre on it. And the reality is when you step back and you identify what what that little grain of sand that got the oyster going is, very often it's something that happened that resolved itself, but you continue carrying the thought process, the emotion, the behavior beyond the point where it was useful. 
it's behavioral anchoring and it's just we do it unconsciously unfortunately and consciousness i think is such a big perspective shift in this sandra i go ahead linda no, I was just going to say, um, you know, because you, you, you said about going into this meeting, but, I, you know, as, as Kimberly said, you have to first identify what that thorn is. What is it about that meeting and those women in that meeting that really pushes that thorn or that button? Because once you identify it and kind of understand it, and then, you know, we, we always used to say about just letting things go right through us and not holding on to them like it's watching a movie. And, and that's really the answer. It's hard to do, but it's, you know, that's the answer. You know, then, then, they, then you, you won't have to drive around. You're, you'll walk into that meeting because it won't bother you at all. Yeah, I, it's again that how. Like, I know I can identify the feelings. Like, I feel scared. I feel stupid. I feel embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are pretty, you know, obvious ones. But I don't even know where the root is to pull it up. Like, identifying the thorn. Like, what's the thorn? Like, just telling yourself this isn't. This is stupid. Like, you're being stupid. Being stupid. No, the thorn. The thorn <laughs> is what you just said. Those that that meeting with those women. I, it makes me feel stupid. It makes me feel this. It makes me feel that. Why? Where did that come from? And then if you go back and sort of identify, you know, the why, you've identified what the thorn is. They make me feel stupid. They make me feel uh, less than, blah, blah, blah. Then why? And you sort of, you know, this is something that I, you know, then you just, you know, you go through all the things and say, ah, one day you'll have an aha. And then, um, and then you. I think, you, you know, you, then you can pass it and it, it won't come back anymore. I think, um, honestly, Sandra, from my perspective, identifying it is a fabulous thing. But sometimes you're stuck. As I was saying, the whole noncompliance where I am and, and what I think you're communicating is like, okay, you can see it. You can stand outside of it. There's some great tools out there that help you sort of de-escalate the biochemical, because it is, it is all biochemistry, um, the biochemical attachment. That's what emotions are. It's a biochemical energetic attachment to something. So things like emotional freedom technique, tapping, EFT, whatever you want to call it, um, toning, meditation, breathing techniques that actually break the state and sort of remove you, sort of distance you from that pattern. So de-emphasizing the pattern. Um, My guest today was talking about his book is there are two choices. So what if you choose something differently? Tell me something that you can choose standing outside of that to focus on versus the thorn. Hmm. So we're talking about like kind of two things here. Like one is breaking that like broken record kind of thing that happens because it is that's like on certain days I know the PTA meetings happening and I'm driving and I can feel mm-hmm. my I start to sweat I get like hot and you know I start to feel weird so I think there is some anchoring in there but there's also a spiritual side Linda talk a little bit more about about you know how you see it well I just I don't ag- I don't agree with it I think you know because then you're doing your sort of um, the thorn is still in there, but you're masking it with something else, and eventually it's going to come out again. I think that we really have to go deep, 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 figure out what it is, and then let it, you know, and then when we figure out what it is and how, you know, only we can do it inside of ourselves, I think, and then, it, and then eventually it'll go away. And the, 
and then all of the all of the things that you're talking about they make me feel they baba you're you they don't make you feel anything you're making yourself feel that so when you work it out with yourself then it the thorn will be gone and you know they won't be able, you won't it won't even be an issue anymore because they can't get to you because your thorn is gone I need I, to take us to commercial break. Hold on. I'm going to get Kimberly's insight. When we come back from the break, we're visiting today with Kimberly Rinaldi and Lin- <coughs> oh, sorry, <coughs> Linda Franklin. This is your, your uh, host with pneumonia, Sandra Beck. And we will be back after the break to talk more about the thorns and removing them and what it looks like and different things that we can do. We'll be back after the break. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. Secret Cuisines and Sacred Rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velocity's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Velocity is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom, ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures. To her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons, her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. It's words you've never heard. Which U.S. state would you guess has the fastest talkers? Recent research by analytics company MarchX revealed that the nation's fastest talkers come from Oregon, Minnesota, Massachusetts, Kansas, and Iowa. What about New York, you ask? New York ranked near the bottom at 38, but New Yorkers do use more words. A New Yorker will use 62% more words than someone from Iowa who have the same basic conversation. What's another word for fast-talking? Tachylaya. America's slow-spoken or tardiloquent talkers were from North Carolina, Alabama, South Carolina, Louisiana, and Mississippi. What's a word for someone who likes to say the same thing over and over? A batologist. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin and Kimberly Rinaldi. And the topic of the day is removing thorns. We're talking about it from a spiritual standpoint and a biochemical, physical standpoint with Kimberly Rinaldi and Linda Franklin. And when we left to go on commercial break, we were talking about you know, kind of bad experiences that get stuck in us. And I am, of course, the ostrich in the sand, and I will, you know, choose to drive 20 miles out of the way to avoid something. Um, And I'm looking for both Kimberly and Linda to help me because people say, you know, Sam, you got to let it go. And I get that. I get that on a cognitive level. I understand, yes, I need to let it go. But I want to know how, what does that look like? So, okay, so Linda was saying that this is um, sort of looking the other direction and avoidance-based. I'm a firm believer avoidance is not resolution. I seek resolution. So if that's what you are understanding, I apologize. Let me be a little more clear in this. Sometimes our – no, 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 and I'm not saying you said avoidance. It's This is – I want to make sure I'm clear. So I believe that – and I teach that, and I've learned that we don't have to, I call it scab picking, um, go back into the painful to make the change. So I'm going to give you an example, Sandra. If you look at the experience that you are going through and you just walk through it, talk yourself through it, and you simply use two words to end it, until now, What you do is you're anchoring a new potential state. You're giving your subconscious, your creative consciousness, a new direction. Because sometimes where you are and where you want to be, there's such a gap that standing there and all of the, you know, rose-colored glasses and all of the focusing on the right thing, your creative consciousness, unconscious, subconscious, whatever you want to call it, is still going to stand there and say, that's a load of crap. So to be able to say just those two words, until now, gives your mind the opportunity to look at something different. It loosens its grip on that thought process. So I don't believe it's avoidance. I believe it's giving yourself another option. What are your thoughts on that, Linda? No, I, I, you know, I say, we're, you know, we're all individuals and whatever works for you is a good thing. I mean, whatever works for you is perfect, but, you know, we're all different. So one thing might work for you and another thing might work for Sandra. Another thing might work for me. But the, the thing is, we're, we're conscious. We're, we're looking at this thing and we're understanding ourselves and what we're going through. And, you know, that's definitely the first step. Don't you agree? First of all, we have to understand we have a problem and we have to be conscious of it. Um, I mean, it can, it can be anything. With, with Sandra, it was going into this meeting with the moms. Uh, for me, it could be, you know, somebody is not returning my calls and it's really, really pissing me off and I'm really angry. Why am I so angry this person isn't calling me back? Is it because they don't think I'm important enough? And, oh, where does that come from? That really strikes a bell with me. I'm not important enough. I, you know, it's, I, I'm, consci- I'm conscious of myself looking at what's going on and and in the book it you know that's the first step being conscious to know 
and look at things rather than it like go, it goes right over your head and it, it, you know you, you forget about it or it's or you just ang- you're in angst about it. I get that. I absolutely get that because you have to be aware of we're going to call it we're going to put it in air quotes the problem to understand that there needs to be change. You have to be aware of the discomfort. Um, I'm just a big believer in finding the. I'm going to say softest way. I'm, <laughs> I spent 20 years in healthcare as a process improvement specialist. What that means is I will find the easiest way to get shit done. Pardon me. To get I like things that. done. No, I'm, I'm with you. I like the easy way too. <laughs> <laughs> My mother called me lazy as a child. I capitalized on it. <laughs> so, whatever works. Yeah, and that's that's just it. If you can if you can stand outside of it, identify the problem and there's so many tools to find and so many different directions to go. Um just keep trying and applying different things. I'm all for changing at a at a creative conscious level. The mind loves to make change. It really does. You have to give it something to work with. Well, I'm just going to interject here because one of the things that I found, you know, when we talk about consciousness, it's it's hard to be conscious when you're tired. You know, yeah. like some days, like today, I was like shot out of a cannon at 5 a.m. and I was went to bed at 1.30 last night and I've got, you know, all the kids stuff, dad stuff, work stuff, blah, 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 blah. Everybody's got a whole bunch of it. But when you're going 100 miles an hour, you can't. You can't be conscious. And I'm going to say, like, this weekend, one of the things I'm going to do to improve my consciousness, and I ask you guys' opinion, I'm going to shut off my cell phone. I am going to shut off Facebook and social media. I don't need to be on it for the weekend. I don't need that additional noise, if you will, because how can you be conscious when you're going 100 miles an hour? Absolutely. You said it. You can't be. But I think that sometimes when you realize that you're that you're going at a hundred miles an hour day after day after day, you have to you be conscious of of that enough to know that maybe I have to cut something out, or maybe I've got to slow down, or, or maybe I've got to give myself an hour in the bathtub to to you know to just take a deep breath and relax. Because that, that you know that's the pushing we had talked about that so many times about uh, you know no matter how tired I am or how sick I feel or whatever I'm just going to push through I'm going to push through I'm going to push through and I know that you have a million commitments but you know your biggest commitment is to yourself and when you don't honor that you get sick. Well, and I was just going to ask, and I know for me, and I'm going to ask you, Linda. I'm going to ask you, Sandra. Do you ever find that you're pushing so hard that your body just digs in and says, "Look." You don't know how to take a timeout, so, hey, here's an opportunistic virus. We're going to hang out with it for a while. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's um, I find, you know, like, like when you say the opportunistic virus, I'm like, how come I only get really sick right before my kids go on a weekend away with their dad? Like, how come I only get really sick when the show's on hiatus? I mean, you know, today is, is a misnomer like that, but I'm like, my body seems to get sick and it's like, no, you're not going to have fun this weekend. You're not going to go out dancing and enjoying yourself with your friends. You're going to be home in bed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And a lot of it comes because we don't give ourselves permission to do nothing. Um, 
you're you're going to go off radar for the weekend. I'm going to put this to you again. And you, Linda, when was the last time you shut down and did nothing without an excuse, without any challenge to it personally, and you just did it? Today. Yesterday. Yay. I, you know, I have learned how to do that. And I, you know, it, at first when I started to do it, I felt so guilty. Like I said, oh my God, I mean, I should, there comes the shoulds, right? I should be doing this. I should be doing that. I should be following up on that. I should, and then, uh, you know, when you, when you just pull back enough times, it it becomes, it, it becomes the new normal. And I'm loving that. And, and, and Sandra, you know, you're going 100 miles an hour, and you're, you didn't pay attention. You weren't conscious. You weren't conscious. You're one con- and if you're not, eventually your body's going to take over, and it's going to slap you to the wall and say, you're going to pay attention now because I'm going to make you sick. You're going to have to slow down. Yeah, and I can tell when I get to that point because my kind of my my internal body clock gets to the point where everything that I'm responsible for just goes, oh, forget it. You know, somebody else can take it over when you're dead. I mean, like that's the thought that goes through my head, and then I'm like, oh, I'm just going to lay down. But there's got to be a happy medium in in between these two, like Zen states where, you know, we can slow down and then, you know, single working mom of two – I really struggle to find the Zen moments. I, you know, balance was my theme a couple years ago because I don't do New Year's resolutions. I do themes, so it gives me permission to work on it for the whole year. And balance, I think, is, for me, thus far, elusive. I still find 100 miles an hour or completely down. But like Linda, I make choices to stay down. It's like, you know, I'm going off radar. I'm taking off and I'm going to hole up in a hotel with room service, blackout curtains, and I ain't talking to nobody. Wow. You know what my, like, moment alone looks like is I'm in my bathroom and the kids are asleep and nobody's barking or knocking on the door. (laughs) That's my Zen moment. Because we all are different. You know, we all are different. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be a Zen moment where you're not, you know, it just has to be that you're conscious enough to know that what you're doing and you're not feeling good and it's, and you just have to stop. I mean, it, you know, be conscious enough to, to know that. And, you know, and then if, if, if everybody is pulling at you, then you, you have to be able to, to say, no, not, not today. You're not, I'm not going to allow this to happen today. So kids, go make your own lunch. Go make your own dinner. Dad, make them dinner. I, I, I've got to lay down. I don't feel good. Or clients to say, this isn't a good day. You know, I, I'm just not feeling well. I'll have to get to it tomorrow, next week, whatever. I mean, I, I know you don't want to do it, but I think that your body would appreciate it. And, you know, after a while, as I said, it could, could become the new normal of that's how you operate. Well, it does, and it becomes habitual. It becomes a habit to just drag yourself around, and that's really no way to go through life. And, you know, this whole thing started because we were talking about removing thorns, and I really want to get back a little bit to the, you know, to the kind of identifying of thorns, you know, as we go throughout our day. Like, what does that feel like? What does that look like? You know, what can we be on the lookout, especially for those of us going 100 miles an hour, sometimes being clued in on the clue phone, you know, can really help us make some good decisions for a better quality of life. For Kimberly Rinaldi, Linda Franklin, and myself, we'll be back after the break. 
we've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. This is for all you girls about 42. Tossing pennies into the fountain of youth. Every- Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific. You'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, And yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. It's words you never heard. Big girls don't cry, right? According to a recent Wall Street Journal article by Dennis Nishi, there's a stigma attached to turning on the waterworks at the office. 61% of men who reported crying at work cited personal reasons, an illness in the family, the death of a pet is the catalyst, while 58% of women said it was something that happened at work. Being unfairly blamed or criticized, men are like mascara. They run at the first sign of hubba-boo. That's another word for crying. What's the word for the fear of intense emotion? Zellophobia. Women may have a better excuse for crying than men, as females have higher levels of prolactin, which encourages the production of tears, making it easier to be known as a lacrimist, or someone who cries at the drop of a hat. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's some more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. This is for all you girls. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin and Kimberly Rinaldi, and we're talking about pulling out thorns. And this comes from a book that I have read and Linda's reading again, and I'm going to read again, called The Untethered Soul. What's, who's the author, Linda? Michael Singer. Michael Singer, okay, so he's got a book, The Untethered Soul. You can get it on Amazon. He did not pay to promote today's show. We're just big fans of his work. And one of the things that we talked about was, you know, kind of being conscious enough to recognize the thorn. And I I look at things like this sticks in my craw. And, you know, that's the term I use for maybe what, what you use the term thorn for. But somebody will say something that will really stick in my craw or um, – you know, it'll bother me, but I don't know yet if I have the discernment to know if it bothers me just because I'm overtired, easily irritable, you know, going 100 miles an hour and not the most patient bulb in the chandelier. Um, so I'm curious to you guys, what does that look like? I'm going to go to Linda first, because is it like a pang in your heart? Is it like a, you know, ew, weird feeling? Like, what does it feel like? No, so that- it, it feels like you're pissed. It feels like you're thinking about it. You're, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to tell you that your kid is the ugliest little thing in the whole world. What would, I mean, would that, would that like dig into your heart? 
I mean, you know, you, you know when when somebody says something or does something, and they may do nothing, but it, it's it's why didn't they call? Why didn't you know? Or why didn't someone do something? I'm I'm the you know I'm waiting, and they're not calling. They don't think I'm important enough that you know that they're going to send me a text, or they said they were going to call and they didn't call. Yeah, that bothers me. So I have to go in and say, okay, where where did that come from? Why why does that bother me so much? And I think there's another question we have to ask ourselves too. Is this like what you said with your kids, and they're always pulling at you? Is this my thing, or is this somebody else's thing I'm taking on? So. I, you know, you have to discern uh, if the if the if the thorn is your thing, or you're just sort of taking on something from somebody else. But Sam, you know how to do this because we we've talked about it on other shows. So I'm not giving away anything that you haven't already talked about. We talked about when you were in court, in family court, and and I told you just to sit there and watch it like a movie, so that you were so not attached to it. And you said you did that, and it was just the most, it was just a feeling of letting go that was just so, you know, it was just a relief. Magical. And be- like magical. And it was magical. And because you were not involved, you were just watching it like a movie. You weren't attached to it. The outcome was so good because your energy was, was just so good. And so you know how to do it. You you know, we just forget how to do it. But isn't that true? Well, I get the sitting by and watching it. Like in the court, it was really easy because I could, I wasn't really a participant in that process. I was more there just kind of, and I could get that watching it stand by. But like, like you said, somebody, something somebody says to you, like, like recently somebody said to me, well, you're making a lot of money and I'm not. And that really bothered me. It stuck with me. Like it's still sticking with me, which is why I bring it up on the show today. And I don't, I don't know where that source is. It's like, Hey, I work my ass off. So of course I'm making more money than you. And of course I'm the one out pounding the doors and staying up all night. So of course I'm making money, but why, like, how do you get to the point? Like I can recognize that's a thorn. And I guess I could just say, well, their problem, not mine, too bad, so sad, and move on. You know, I could definitely do that. But I did want to know, like, what chord, because it was like a guitar string going, you know, in my chest going, oh, and it's and it's still hanging around. So, you know, I don't know so, how to apply well, uh, well, that film strip to that scenario. Well, I'm going to let Kimberly take over, but I'm just saying, you know, so you recognize, you, so you're consciously, you, you knew that that, you were watching yourself getting really annoyed at that. So that, you know, that was the first step. So, maybe, you know, so it was about money. So you have to say, d- d- when there ever is a money issue that comes up, do I get that same pang? So maybe it's a money thing, and then you have to go oh. in and feel how you feel about money in general or lack of it or too much or how you feel about money. Do you respect money? What does money mean to you? Um, does money scare you? And so, you know, that is, it's, so it's not about them, it's about you. Why did that strike a chord with you? Now I'm going to shut up and let Kimberly talk. <laughs> Go ahead, Kimberly. You know, and Linda's got a, a key point there. It's, there are themes, and there are, there's a handful of basic themes in our lives that are going to keep coming back and pissing us off over and over and creating those, those thorns. Um, for me, and, and looking at that, conversation that you were having about the money 
I, I go back to, you know, the until now conversation. So what's the emotion that it elicited for you? You were angry. Man, you thought, yeah. You thought, you thought this is, this is bull. I, I work hard. So if this theme is money and the conversation is about judgment, would it be fair to say you were angry because you felt judged over the money? Correct? Yeah, like I'm somehow not worth this money or you should somehow get this money because the you know the magic money fairy's coming in. You know, it kind of I felt discredited like like mm-hmm. or like somehow I didn't feel like I, you know, what do you don't think I earned it or I that you know like it's so unfair that I should have this and you you don't. Like, you know, there was a lot of mixed things in there and maybe it came down to my own personal value. So if you back it out and you find that that is the conversation, whatever it is, it came down, just repeat after me, it comes down to my own personal value and people's judgment. It comes down to my own personal value and people's judgment. And it affected me. And it affected me. Until now. Oh, until now. That's where you put the until now. I was putting it at yep. the beginning. Until now. How does it feel to actually sort of apply that tool? Well, the until now and knowing where to apply it, it actually makes you smile. You know, Because when you put it in the beginning, it doesn't make any sense. But if you put it like, hey, this bothered me because it was about X, Y, and Z until now, meaning I recognize it, I, I'm going to acknowledge it, that it's there, and then I'm going to ask it to go away or, or decide I'm not going to be that person anymore. Yeah, until now. It just simply, it puts a stop at, an energetic, an emotional, a psychological, whatever you want to call it, level, because now what you're telling your creative consciousness is, hey, wait a minute, I may have cycled this conversation over and over and over a thousand times, I may have patterned it, but now I've got a new, there's a new sheriff in town, I've got a new (laughs) conversation, and that is until now, and it means it stops right here, and it gives you that moment of breath where you realize this may or may not be yours. And right, or I don't, and I, more yeah. importantly, whether it's mine or not mine, yeah. I don't have to carry it anymore. Like, that's what I think, Linda, like, I, I look at in between the two of you, I've got like, you know, in one, one ear and in the other ear, you know, Linda and Kimberly's different points of view, and I can see how they come together of going, okay, Linda, you've got to be conscious, you got to slow down enough to be conscious to recognize these things, then you got to got to give yourself a minute to think about it and go, wow, is this me? Is this, you know, this person's stuff, if it's mine or theirs, you know, what can I do to let it go? And if it is a history historical thing that I recognize a pattern because see when Linda recognized her pattern of why didn't you call me back did you not think I was important Mm -hmm. enough it was almost like her saying in my ear um what's the matter you don't think I'm worth getting paid this much you know it was kind of like that similar value thing and thank you Linda for sharing that because Mm -hmm. I don't think that light would have turned on as quickly as it did and now I can say you know what that might have been something I carried a long time that this person struck a chord in me but I don't have to carry it anymore yeah and then uh, you know and then uh, you know once you get rid of it I mean I have a friend that's got this big bulldog and you know bulldogs <laughs> they're not the you know they're not the cutest little things in the world and he's you know he's walking down the street and usually people stop because the the you know they they love the bulldog and he's just he's just like a little fluff he's just you know so so passive he's wonderful but you know this woman stopped him in the street 
And he, she said, you know what? You've got the ugliest dog in the whole world, and he's so fat. Why do you let him get so fat? And all he did was smile, and he said, thank you. He said, because I knew I could feel where she was coming from, and it had nothing to do with me. And so I just said thank you, smiled at her, and walked on. And it, it didn't do that tug because he didn't have that thorn. He knew it was her issue, not his. So do you think that this is something that comes with practice? Like, you know, like I feel like I've got, you know, like when Linda gave me those tools to deal with, you know, being in family court with my divorce, um, they really gave me a lot of peace. I'm really going to apply this now to these little, because Linda, when I remember when I read that book the first time, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, remember I told you I had trouble with identifying the thorn to figure that out. And um, now I think I got an idea of what the thorn is, or at least I can recognize it from your experience and Kimberly gave me a tool to handle it. Yes, absolutely. And the more you do it, it, it you know, the, the thorn will definitely go away. I, don't, I think we have more than one. At least I know I do. But, you know, the, it, that's that our consciousness is saying, okay, now it's time to get rid of these things because um, either we can get rid of the thorn or we can drive 20 miles around the block 92 times in order not to go into the meeting. Right. <laughs> and you know what? The other side of it is, I, I truly believe the universe, our angels, our eternal spirits give us the opportunity to ask over and over until we're really there, are you really over this lesson? Have you really learned it? it things keep presenting for a reason. They present so that you can resolve it. Yeah. Um, you know, what I do to get rid of my thorns, I... Oh, my word. I learn everything that I can learn because not every tool is going to work. You know, like Linda was saying, we're all individuals and we're all individually in different places throughout our own lives. So what worked for me five weeks ago may never work again. So I'm one that, you know, if if all, it's the if the only tool you have is a hammer, everything starts to look like a nail. I try and master as many tools as I can get my hand on. Hand, hands on, hands on, so that I can apply them and learn from them and share them. So I need to take us to commercial break. We're visiting today with Kimberly Rinaldi and Linda Franklin. When we come back from the break, we're going to share more tips, tricks, and techniques that are going to help us live the life that we want. If you like today's show, go ahead and check us out on iTunes. You can find it under poweredupTalkRadio.com. You can Google Kimberly Rinaldi, Sandra Beck, Linda Franklin. We are your uh, entertainment for today. You can find out more about us through Google. We'll be back after the break. We've got lots more powered up with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin after these messages. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. 
Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. found yourself in an airplane seated next to a non-stop talker that you really don't have anything at all in common with? When I fly, I usually want to catch up on my reading and not have to listen to an explaterator. It's even worse if they're a philodox. That's a person who just loves their own opinion. Well, now a Facebook app lets you choose your own seatmate before you fly. According to an article in USA Today, social media startups are bringing together compatible flyers before they take their seats. That's good news for people lovers, otherwise known as philodemics. A number of apps such as Plainly and Satisfy are helping travelers meet not only online, but in person. Think the Match.com of travel. I love flying and have been to almost as many places as my luggage. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. Here's more Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Linda Franklin, and our guest today is Kimberly Rinaldi. And we're going to talk about something we all have. And, you know, we touched on it a little bit in the earlier parts of today's show, but these little voices in my head, you know, the voice that said to me, like, what do you think? I'm not good enough. You think I shouldn't get paid this month? I work my tail off, blah, blah, blah. And Linda had one in her head going, wow, you don't call me back. What do you not think I'm worth calling back? Blah, blah, blah. So that blah, blah, blah guy, we all have them. And, you know, Kimberly, on the break, I wish people could listen to the break. We should have a show just called like break because so many good <laughs> things come in the commercial breaks. And I'm like, oh, save it for group, man. We got to get that on the air. But, um, you know, Kimberly, you were talking a little bit about these voices in our head and where did they come from? You know, it, it, may I say what I call them or do I need to clean it up? <laughs> I, I, you know, I call it the shit flinging monkey that lives in your head. And it really is. And it's the, the conversation that says it's all the reasons why you cannot have, be, do, or experience what you want in life. It's the you're not enough and you never will be. And for some people, the whisper is you're not enough. And then it screams and you never will be. And truthfully, I, I, I talk about it a lot. We come into this world whole and complete. We are eternal spirits that have everything at our disposal. It's part of who we are. The DNA is there. The, the biochemistry is there. What happens is we are influenced, and I'm going to put air quotes around through good parenting, social skills, etc. And these critical voices are not ours when we start out. It's the critical parent saying, you know, can't you sit still? So it becomes 
I need to be quiet. I need to disappear. It's the critical teacher who, you know, can't you just stop talking? So now I'm going to lower my voice and I'm going to try and disappear. It's the critical partner who, you know, for the love of God, why did you have to wear that today? So now I'm going to dress down and dumb it down more and more and more. And eventually, if you listen to that language and you really go back and look at it, those internal voices, you can probably go back and identify where they came from and give them back to where they came from. Give the voice back. Stop taking it on as your own. It's, it's unfortunately part of our behavioral experience in this life, but it can be resolved. That's, that's my soapbox moment. Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's very, very true. And that these voices, they're incessant and it never stops. I mean, there's always some sort of dialogue going on in your head. Um, and he uses it in the book and it's really great. And I mean, you can be, you know, when you're driving along in the, in your car and you're on the highway and you can, you can see the car in front of you, you can see the, the trees, you can see whatever, and they, they go in and they go out and, and that's great. You don't want to hold in anything internally. And it's the things that, you know, that, that don't go through us, but we hold on to. Those become the thorns that, you know, make our life you know, much harder than it has to be. So, um, I mean, he said, you know, imagine the voice, the voice, make it a real person, call it your roommate or bring it in as someone that you know. And if you had this, this voice next to you all the time, just talking, 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 changing their mind, going, yeah, we'll do this. No, we won't. What, this is good. This is bad. I mean, it, it, you, you'd think, holy mackerel, i got to get rid of this person because they're driving me crazy, and they're talking crazy. They're talking garbage. They're talking like shit, you know, shit-stirring monkeys. Yeah. But yeah. we don't. We don't, we don't. we don't think about it because it's coming. We... And they, and they make no sense, and it means nothing. It's just all garbage, and yet we're always listening to it. It's just, it's, it's unreal what we you do to ourselves. You brought something up, Linda, that reminded me of, it just, it really just took me back. I had a girlfriend years ago who said, why would you, would you let someone else speak that way of me? And I went, oh, God, no, I mean, that those are that would end up in a bar fight, and she said, "Okay, so why would you let someone, even if it's within your own head, speak that way of you? Why don't you start saying, stop talking about my friend that way?" And I was like, "Oh, dang, clarity moment." <laughs> well, you know, I had a clarity moment um, yeah. when I was I was first learning to problem solve in my 20s with some of these computer problems that, you know, hadn't been solved before. And so, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of get so turned around in knots and there's no precedent half the time. And um, one of my friends said, oh, well, you should just sleep on it. And then when you wake up in the middle of the night, write down what you're thinking. And then when you get up in the morning, it'll all be there for you. So, you know, I put my little notepad by my bed and I wake up and I start jotting stuff down that made perfect sense at two o'clock in the morning. It's like the same reason we don't drunk dial, you know, old boyfriends. Um, 
But the stuff I wrote down made no sense. It was lunatic talking. And, you know, what I found was that our brains will kind of tell us anything we need to to either calm us down or comfort us or make sense. Even if it's like, you know, take a skunk tail and paint two lines on the road with, you know, in pink paint, and that will solve your computer problem. I mean, our brains are so good at certain things, but we've got to be aware of of kind of the programming misfires and that middle of the night problem solving thinking, you know, and then you wake up in the morning and you're like, oh my God, what was I thinking? You know, did I go insane last night? Um, But if we just were honest and wrote down the chatter that's in our head half the time, it makes no sense whatsoever. And it can tell you the sky is blue at 10 o'clock and the sky is red at 11 o'clock and it seems like it's perfect sense, you know, And it's uh, most of the stuff I find also is opposing when you're especially in a emotional state. Like if I'm upset, it'll seem like a really good idea to call and rip this guy a new one. And then an hour later, it's like, oh, that would be very bad because, you know, he's a client of yours. And I'm like, oh, no, but it would feel very good. And, you know, he would learn from this. He would grow as a person. And then 20 minutes later, you know, and this whole thing's going around in my head while I'm working and it just makes no sense. So I think, you know, when Linda used the term being conscious of it, being conscious that the voice in our head fluctuates. It, 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 it goes from one side to the other. It's Democrat, Republican, liberal all at once. And it, and it, it just kind of cycles to whatever the flavor of the minute is. And it doesn't mean anything. So we shouldn't pay attention to it, but for some stupid reason we do. You know, so it, I, you know, again, being conscious, being aware of what's going on, and you, and you know, sometimes I'll stop now and say, "Oh my God, you know, stop that, stop, stop it! I don't need that. Go away. You know, I just want quiet. Go away." And I think I, everyone's probably gotten to that point. I, you know, about you know, the, I can't, you know, I can't stand myself. Make it go, you know, stop. But you know, the conscious part is, to, it really doesn't mean anything. No, no, it doesn't mean anything. And it's funny because when when I was mulling over my head, you know, that conversation, and I'm like, you know, going round and round, like, what do you mean I'm not good enough? What do you mean I'm not good enough? And then, like, you know, in the middle of it, it's like, well, did you ever think he's broke and he's jealous and maybe that's why he's saying it? Oh, you know, that's good. You know, I'll go with that for a while. But then, of course, like two minutes later, there it is back again. You know, you screwed up. You're not worth it. He's even telling you you're not worth it. But, yeah, it's crazy making. What do you do other than telling it to shut up? Kimberly, do you have a technique or Linda, do you have a technique other than shut up? Refuting, reframing, replacement. It's, you know, I... I've grown up having accidents and because I do things without thinking, that lack of consciousness. Um, so the refuting part, I try and make things so ridiculous. So if I'm having that, you know, flinging monkey moment where it's like, oh, my God, you're so clumsy. I can't believe you fall up the stairs. I start saying my, you know, I, I'm so clumsy I trip on sunbeams and shadows. It's ridiculous. I know that's not true. I make it ridiculous. I make it amusing until it gets me out of that thought process. I have one for you. You can say, well, I'm just used to walking in heaven. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The the gravity is a little little challenging. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like that. I like that. What do you do, Linda? I, you know, I, well, I'm in the process because I mean, we're all in a process and, and it's, I'm, I'm just trying to train myself not to let it stick. 
to just to let it go through. So just like in the car, if, you know, it's a tree, it's a car, it's beautiful, it's not beautiful, but, you know, it doesn't stay with you. It usually yeah. doesn't stay with you unless there's a thorn in there. So, you know, that, that's it. And once it did, then the, that, that person could say whatever they said to Sandra, you know, how come, you know, whatever. And it wouldn't bother you anymore. It, it would be like she said, you know, the grass is green. It wouldn't stay. Right. It wouldn't stick. It would go. It would go right through you. That's so much better than saying "f you" and your little dog too, because that's where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> right, but you know, but it takes. It's work. I mean, you know that, and we. It's work until we get it, and then and then it becomes less work. But I, I first of. I, at the beginning, we have to understand it, and I think that's what we're doing here and on these shows is trying to understand what makes us, you know, what makes us crazy, and then what can can get that crazy out of us so we can really, really enjoy our lives. Yeah, it's hands at ten and two. We did it at sixteen, learning to drive. Do we do it now? You know, it's it's practice. We just have to keep yeah. practicing. Yeah. Well, and what I like about stuff like this is that, you know, like when Linda was talking, I could hear that same voice in my head. You know, we're not so different as people and we kind of all go through the same thing. And maybe if it's not, you know, somebody calling you back or somebody, you know, intimating that, you know, you're not worth the money you're getting paid, whatever it is, it strikes human chords in us. And, you know, Linda and Kimberly, I want to thank you so much for talking openly about what goes on in your head, because when we don't talk about it you know Brene Brown says you know shame can only live in darkness and you know when we shed light on the crazy thoughts that go through our head doesn't mean we're crazy everybody has them but in giving us tools to handle them really makes a big difference I'm going to go to Kimberly Rinaldi first for your best piece of advice for our listeners today you got a minute make it count don't believe everything you think I think we've proven that truly you you are worthy of everything that you desire and if you wouldn't use the language on a beloved five-year-old in your life, stop using it on yourself. For oh, the love I of God. love that. Stop Don't it. believe everything you think. That's a good one. That's a keeper. That's a Kimberly Rinaldi keeper. Uh, for myself and Linda Franklin, we want to thank you for listening to our show today and for always supporting us every week. You can find this episode and others like it on iTunes. You can also go to PoweredUpTalkRadio.com and find more like it. Kimberly, how can people find out and listen to you? LIJLnetwork.com, Lessons in Joyful Living Network.com, or find me at KimberlyRinaldi.com, iTunes as well. We'll be back next week. Have a great week, girls. We're so glad you joined us for Powered Up with Beck and Franklin. Sandra Beck, Los Angeles-based single mother and technology company owner, knows what it's like to be fit, funny, and fantastic in your 40s. Linda Franklin, a New Yorker with a successful marriage and pro-